Let's pray. Our loving Father, we pray that as we come to your word, that you would teach us, rebuke us, correct us and train us, make us wise for salvation, that uh, we might be more like your son Jesus and glorify your precious name. We ask this uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to start off uh, by asking you if you like reading. Uh, I think it wasn't until uh, I was in my early 20s I purchased a book to read for the train ride into work and uh, I, I would read, stop, 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 stop. Chop. Take three. Uh, let's pray. Uh, Let's bow our heads. Uh, Loving Father, we thank you that we can gather together this way. We thank you that we can open up your word. And we pray that you would teach us, rebuke us, correct us, and train us for righteousness. Uh, Make us wise for salvation. Uh, We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I wonder if you like reading... Um, when I was in my early 20s, I uh, would catch the train into the city and uh, I, I began to read uh, books uh, in a way that I hadn't read them before. Uh, I read for joy and because I enjoyed it. So I, I, I read Tolkien, The Lord of the Rings. I would read C.S. Lewis' uh, Tales of, of Narnia. Uh, but the most memorable book... Uh, was this one, April Fool's Day, by Bryce Courtney. Uh, And I remember this book because it made me cry. Uh, On a Sydney train, yep, that's right, Uh, and so I've not forgotten it. And uh, when it first came out, it was controversial and harrowing, uh, this story, but it's also real. Uh, It's a true story that speaks of a father's love for a son. And of course... After having read that, I read The Power of One, which many of you may have read, uh, before the movie came out. And so I was delighted because the first and maybe only time in my life I could say that the book was way better than the movie. Uh, On our bookshelf has sat this book. Again, Bryce Courtney, The Potato Factory. Uh, But with this one, I have to confess, uh, it, it looks pretty good on my shelf. But I only lasted maybe a chapter. It didn't grab me like the other books did. But here's my question. Maybe you love reading. Maybe you're a bookworm. Uh, Maybe you don't love it so much. Maybe you don't like it at all. Uh, Maybe you're someone who finds the discipline of reading the Bible, that kind of prospect, just too much that you can't come at it. Uh, Our passage today gives us every reason to change our mind about that. Uh, If you have your Bible open, I hope you do. Bible open at 2 Timothy chapter 3. We pick it up again at verse 16. This is the passage that Bobby read out for us, I think. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God 
may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. See the first reason we need to be cured of our indifference towards reading, uh, let alone reading the scriptures, is because this is God's. This is God's word. Uh, God doesn't breathe out a virus like we might. He breathes out his divine life-giving word. It's his word. And so when you come to God's word, you're doing business with God. Uh, It reminds me of when I was growing up. Uh, I have four sisters. And uh, the best way to convince my sisters of anything, especially if they're on a course of action that was trouble and trouble that might impact me, well, the best and effective way to shut it down was because dad said. Uh, That was a game changer. That was very persuasive. And here, with the Bible on our laps or on the kitchen table, wherever you are, this is a real, because God said, kind of moment. It is his word and it comes with his authority. And this is why we need to change our mind about being apathetic about reading the scriptures. It's because God has something to say to you. He has something to say to us. And so when we read it, we're exercising our trust in him. When we're not reading it, we're doing the opposite, aren't we? We're exercising uh, distrust, if you like, even though it's uh, uh, only implied. It's still true. Trust God. Read his word. Do what it says. What's its purpose? Well, by the spirit of God, the scriptures teach us, rebuke us. Correct us and train us for godly, righteous living. Did you see the very character of God in those words? We worship a God and this is what he he is like. He is a God that teaches. He is a God that rebukes. He is a God that corrects us. And because God is righteous, he trains us to be righteous. They're discipline words, aren't they? Or they're words we associate with discipleship as we are trained, rebuked, corrected. They're all dynamic things. As I sit and read the Bible with Joe Butler once a week, God's word is doing these things in me and in Joe as we are taught, rebuked, corrected and trained to be righteous. And there's nothing dead or dormant about that activity. And because we are trained for righteousness, because that's what the Bible does, we grow and we become more like Jesus on account of it. Did you grow on account of our time in Leviticus? You haven't forgotten that, I know. Or when we unpacked forgiveness, was that a time where the scriptures... Um, spoke to you and where you grew in your faith, where you grew in your trust in Jesus. See, by contrast, can I expect this book to train me, correct me, rebuke me and teach me in ways of righteousness? I mean, the book didn't do nothing. It, it, it touched me. <laughs> That's true. 
But it doesn't do those spiritual things. Or, or the fact, the, the, the potato factory. Did they do it? No, because I didn't pick it up, did I? It stayed dormant on the shelf. Uh, a pretty dust collector. But this speaks to why we read the Bible unlike any other book. It's, it's the kind of reading that is next level, if you like. See that we have every reason to change our mind about any kind of indifferent attitude to reading the Scriptures during the week, outside of church or even inside of church. We need to get on with it. Read our Bibles. Let God speak. And this is why our Bible study groups are important. They're the the heartbeat of our church family, if you like. It's why our number one core value is biblical preaching. Good, you knew it. Uh, It's why when we run youth group, it's not just a club where we play games and eat food. No, at youth group, we open the Bibles. And we ask God to speak to us, to speak to our teenagers, to speak to our young people and our children meaningfully and powerfully. And it's why when we have a men's brekkie, we open up the Bible. It's probably why you're here now watching this video, because you know that not only is church important, but you understand the importance For God's people to gather, yep, with Bibles open, yep. And as we do that, we fellowship with God as he speaks to us. He's a voice in uh, the space we're in as we read. Now, if if those things I've just offered you weren't reason enough, well, just wait because there's more. Did you see verse 17? So that means we're in a purpose clause. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's what it says. And so do you see that only God can give us the equipment we need for life? Only God can help us to make sense of this world. We tried to do that last week as we examined the COVID crisis, didn't we? We did that biblically. Only the spirit-empowered word of God brings change to people's hearts and lives. Which begs the question, why on earth do people try and navigate life with their Bibles closed? When God has answers for them. Answers of comfort and love and patience and compassion. But there's another reason. Can you see it in verse 15? The reason is that the scriptures make us wise for salvation. And this bears thinking about. Jesus tells Uh, His followers, his disciples, go out to the world, go to to the nations and make disciples. And well, might we ask, how do we do that? How do we make disciples? And the answer is, well, don't we use that which makes people wise for salvation? Don't we, in the dependence on the Holy Spirit, don't we go out with our Bibles open and point people to Jesus? that others might be made wise for salvation too. And we know that the world needs Jesus. The world needs his gospel. We all need his good news and we need to be sharing it particularly now. And don't we 
As we think about that, don't we remember that someone read the scriptures with us? At some stage, surely someone sat down and explained all this to us and and pointed us to Jesus. And isn't this why organisations like the Bible Society are so important? And we support them today. We commend their work to you. Pray for the Bible Society. Give generously to the Bible Society. Uh, There's a link for this found in the description below or see the email. We also give thanks for the work of the Gideons that so many of our mob are involved in. And so here's one takeaway message to our church family. Uh, I know Tinika and myself, we are so encouraged by our commitment, this church family's commitment to Jesus and getting to know him through the scriptures. I'm so encouraged by the way God has grown his people here. Uh, But here is a possibility. In these troubling days, whilst it's still permissible, can we find one other person or another couple to read the Bible and pray with? Can we do that? Or we might not be able to gather like we used to, but we we can call each other. We can share our favourite Bible verse. We can pray over the phone and we can offer mutual encouragement. And also, because we're not meeting in big Bible study groups, I've provided Bible study notes, daily reading notes for your encouragement. A reading plan, if you like, give it a go. And they're all safe things for us that we can do. But let me share another possibility. Imagine if you know one person in your life who you would love for them to know Jesus. And imagine if they agreed to read the Bible with you. Short bits at a time. Maybe a verse at a time. Or you might start with Mark's Gospel, a couple of verses. Imagine now that you meet up that person, you meet up with them every week, maybe at the same time, and you read it, and they read, and as time goes on, maybe they meet Jesus, and maybe they engage with him in a real and personal way. And they're made wise for salvation. And the whole trajectory of their life has changed. Can you imagine that? And do you think they're going to love you for it? They're going to praise God that they now know his grace and his love and his kindness in Jesus. My brothers and sisters, let us read this as it actually is. It's God's word to us. Let's read it like no other book. Next level. As we are taught and corrected and rebuked and trained for righteousness so that we are thoroughly equipped for every good work. And let's keep reading that which makes us wise for salvation, that we might grow to be more like Jesus, to the glory of God. Amen.